Draft is only one part of it. Deeper dive in roster building in Kansas City Chiefs history, organization, the way these guys have gotten it done. How did it happen? And where can we go from here today on Locked On Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. This is Locked On Chiefs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for free. Thanks for making us your first listen. Go check out another Locked On show for your next one. Maybe the scouting show. I think you guys want to get into that. We're brought to you today by FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. I'm excited about this. Draft guide is out. You can go get it at RogueAPC.com and use that code MatrixLOC. You'll get a nice discount on it. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting. NFL33.com as well as RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner. Lots to talk about when we start looking at roster building. Thank you all for listening and watching. Uh, if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe or notification bell on YouTube. Uh, leave comments. We try to respond as much as we can. Let's talk about when you start looking at a deeper dive. And really, I'm the one that came up with this idea. So I'll take I'll take uh, all criticism or credit, I guess, whichever way you want to go with that. But really, what I wanted to look at today is we've been talking about what Kansas City's needs are this year. And while I do think that's important, I don't think it's the way Kansas City necessarily or most teams really try to build through the draft. Because you have to be looking at your roster over the next several years. And that's the thing. It's taking lessons away, right, from not just what we've seen them do. And I do want to talk about some of the lessons that Brett Veach seems to uh, be leading through here. But it's, it's the the longer-term planning, right? It's it's how you get from A to B to C. And I know we've, we've seen some trends, but the bigger prognostication is, for me, the life of the Mahomes contract, right? You have to plan that whole thing out. And I think that's something that we don't give enough time to, and I think national media doesn't give any time to. I would agree. And that, and, and really, that could be a show in and of itself, talking about the Mahomes contract and how it's going to have an effect on not only Kansas City, but the entire NFL over the next several seasons. And quite frankly, it's going to have a huge, it could have a huge effect on how Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert sign their deals, which are slated to probably be done this offseason. Yeah, I, I, it all rolls into that. And I think as time goes on, we always talk about how it's going to look cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Well, it's not just that it's saving money. It's allowing not cap space, but what cap space turns into, and that's players on the field that help win ball games. That's the bigger thing. It's two-phase. You can't just have cap space that you don't use correctly, right? You have to be judicious with it. And I think the trends that we've seen this organization take on in the last few years has been very unique in building around that central pillar that is Mahomes. Yep. And what I will say, you know, I, I took, I'm going to take credit and criticism for, you know, coming up with the idea for the show, but you kind of actually gave me the idea on your Twitter handle when mm -hmm. you're talking about one of the guards that Kansas City is actually having a top 30 visit with. That's actually what made me think about this is we realize that they don't necessarily need a guard right now. They have two very good guards, but they're going to have a problem coming up in the next several years. And you were talking about a prospect that is possibly somebody that would need a year or two to develop. Mm -hmm. And I, I've, I've mentioned on here before, we might as well say his name, Anthony Bradford from LSU, is another long-armed, uh, I think he's 34 and a half, but he plays guard. He can do a little bit of everything. He's athletic. He scores really well. And he's the kind of guy they like to invest a value pick in and see that what they can get out of. It's, it's another Zach Fulton. It's another Ron Duvernay-Tardif. It's another Trey Smith that could be the upside. 
And identifying that is what lets you protect against the evolution of, of time as we all talk about time marches on, right? It does yep. for Joe Tooney as well. And I'm not trying to run Joe Tooney out the door, but I mean, let's be real. He's, he's over 30 and a half years old right now. And yep. so the contract runs, I believe, through 25, right? Yeah, and he's got a cap number of 22.6 million in 2024. So uh, that is quite a lot. And they could save almost nine and a half million if they cut him. And I'm not trying to say I want them to cut Tooney. Tooney has been a fantastic signing for them. And I like that he's here. He has continued to show that he is very tough and he is a staple in the interior of that offensive line. One of the questions I have for you about Bradford, though, is has he ever snapped? That's a good question. I don't have that off the top of my head, but if so, it's been very limited. I want to see two games where he actually played a little bit of center, but I don't think it was full games. Okay. Well, and that's important, though, because Kansas City likes to get guys that can play multiple positions on the interior because you're not going to want to just carry just a center. So to me, it would make a lot of sense if he has the ability to – they think he maybe has the ability to become a, a center, a backup center at that point. I don't think Creed Humphrey's going anywhere – but you always need to have somebody. And that's the way that it goes. I, I agree. Creed Hunter isn't going anywhere. Trey Smith isn't going anywhere. Um, I think what it becomes is you've had this evolution, right? And part of what I was tweeting uh, about was the fact that Allegretti's here on a one-year deal. And you have Tooney, right? And, and I agree. I think Tooney's probably going to get extended is what's going to happen. And so he will be here for a while. But you need that swing guy. And they've, they've done a really good job of rotating through uh, backup interior guys in particular. But I think they need to get a little bit more athletic. And when I look back at Bradford, I, I pulled his numbers up. Um, he did play a little left tackle for LSU in 21. I know that was a strange season. 20 was as well. He only played like seven snaps in 20. And that was back at guard. Um, and PFF does not have the center snaps. But I swear I saw him. I swear, I swear, I swear I saw him. Well, and then that also leans into if he played left tackle, that means he could probably play right tackle, which would mean that – you know, maybe you're not going to feel like he could play left tackle in the NFL, but if he could play four of the five positions on the offensive line, you feel comfortable with it. That's a great value. Stop me if you heard this before. The Kansas City Chiefs like versatility. Yep. Right? Well, and I like versatility too. You can get those in everybody's favorite flavors from the guys that do everything for us, and that's built. They make these bars that are so good. They're healthy and they're amazing tasting. They're 100% real chocolate, just like they always have been. You can get them at Sam's Club and Walmart now. And I know that's a change for everybody. It used to be mail order only, but they're still 130 calories. There's still only four grams of sugar and 17 grams of protein on average. That's worth it. They have all the flavors that you like. Uh, cookies and cream, of course, is still up there. Coconut is one of mine. And I'm getting more and more into the puffs. They even make a maple bar that's really, really good, and I hide that from my kids maybe more than any other flavor, to tell you the truth. So do yourself a favor. Go to Sam's Club, grab yourself a 13-bar box, and hit those flavors right now. It is built the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Really quick, the other thing that, that also brought this on and made me think about this is there's a lot of talk right now about whether or not Kansas City is going to pick up the fifth-year contract option on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He will be a free agent in 2024. That's going to be another position you have to possibly fill for. That's why running back is another position Kansas City could be looking at. Even though Pacheco is going to be your starter, you need depth. Yeah, you absolutely do. Um, and, and I, for one, think that this is a good group that you can find late. Um, you can find UDFA. And I do think that Pacheco has is, is kind of proven the mentality that, that we talk about quite a bit, is that it, investing in running back high – 
both cases are made on the Chiefs' current roster because you have Clyde taken in the first round and you have yep. Isaiah Pacheco. That makes things pretty clear. But like, there's all kinds of guys from uh, Kenny McIntosh to Chris Rodriguez to Zach Evans that could do something for you. There's guys out there. Israel, I, Emma Kananda, I can never pronounce his name correctly from Fit. Um, there's Wayne McBride from UAB that I like a lot as well. And they're all guys that should be nice late fifth round or lower that can come in and give you that, that energy, that, that, that juice that not necessarily what Pacheco brought, but somebody that can compete with him can help him out. And it's not investing the farm. Like we saw happen after 2019. So you look at what they're going to do with Clyde. I, I, I still wonder if they're going to trade him. You've had that in a mocks trading him as a possibility. Uh, I don't think that there's any way they're picking up the fifth year option on Clyde. Uh, if they trade him to somebody else, I would expect the other team to pick up the fifth year option because it just would probably make sense. I, I don't know the and that's cost the of last, it, though. That would be the question. That's the last attractive piece, right? Is that if you trade him, you the other team can still exercise that option. Yeah, but they have until May 1st to do so. So it would have to be right at, around the draft time that you'd have to make that trade. So yeah. that's going to be something to watch. You know, and I'm sitting here looking at the roster. Uh, one of the things that really stands out to me, and, and I'm not saying this because I think he's going anywhere this year, but MBS next year is a $14 million cap hit, 12 of which you'd save if you did cut him next year. But that leaves you with only three wide receivers on the roster. So when we start looking at some of these positions, wide receiver is still going to be a position of need for Kansas City because they only have Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, uh, and I think – the other one is Justin Ross. So there are your three wide receivers you have on the roster in 2024, other than MBS. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds a little thin, doesn't it? Very. And, and it goes back to what we were talking about before, along the lines with tackle as well. Jawan Taylor obviously is going to be on the roster. Uh, Lucas Ding is technically going to be on the roster, but can we trust in him to play well uh, and not be hurt? We'll see how that plays out this season. But they don't really have any more tackles on the roster other than those two guys. So it's still another position that I think is going to be likely that they're going to be looking for in this draft based on not just this year, but going into the future because they need to figure that out going forward. Yeah. It's, it's one of those pieces that has to fit the rest of the puzzle. And that's what we're talking about is, is how this is all planned out. And I do think, uh, I think Clyde was a, an interesting selection at the time. I think they kind of jumped their gun because now I think the puzzle is, is fitting into these running backs are the pieces that you put in once you get the frame around the puzzle and you get a couple of, of the major things in there, you piece it in where they belong. And I think the wide receivers seem to be taking that path. Do you see that happening too? Yeah, potentially. I, I think it's just going to, I think we're going to have to just see how it plays out over the next couple of seasons. I think they, you know, if Kansas city can get a big step up from a guy like Darius Tony and, and sky Moore this year, it goes a long way to making that position feel a lot better. Uh, and again, you know, I, I'm surprised MBS is still here. And I, I said, you know, going into the offseason, I thought he could be a potential candidate for cutting. When they weren't able to bring back Juju, obviously he's not going to go anywhere. I, I think that if they were able to get Juju back, maybe MBS isn't here. But since he is here, you still have him for this year. But are you going to have him in 2024? That's what makes wide receiver the question mark. Unfortunately for Kansas City, it also makes defensive end a question mark because you lose Mike Dana. All you have is Charles Minihue and George Karloftis really on the roster for 2024. I guess you have uh, Joshua Kando as well. But you're getting really thin at that position. 
really you only have 25 players under contract right now for 2024. And, and that's, I think, part of the plan. Letting things fall away so that you can maintain the carousel at, at a cheaper value, whether it's one years, whether it's rookies. Um, the volume that they've gotten in maintaining rookies the last few years, I think that's going to continue. I, I do think that they're going to give a serious thought in terms of when they make the 53 or the practice squad of keeping those rookies that they select because they need to have those those small contracts on the books for the next couple of years to come. Could be. And, you know, the other big name that is not on this list that we were thinking that they may end up trying to sign this offseason or, you know, come up with something for him is Willie Gay. So you have a linebacker possible need is a position can't say could look at, although it seems like it's pretty full right now with the four that they have. And then you have Legereus Sneed as well. Those are two guys that are not going to be on the roster as of right now in 2024. I, I hope that that's wrong about Legereus because I do think that he needs to be here. And maybe that's where the decision points come in. There's a couple of big contracts that are going to help steer the course of what this team building becomes. We're going to talk about those on the backside of this message. I didn't mean to hijack your topic, but it does occur to me that we have to we have to consider the couple of the biggins, right? Yeah, no, we do. I, Chris... Jones is, is definitely not on the roster in 2024 at his current contract. It is expiring after this season. So they're going to have to try to figure that one out. Uh, I would expect that. I still think that they're going to get a deal done this offseason. Uh, I don't think he plays on the number he's got right now, uh, okay. but we'll see. I, I think that's perfectly legitimate. I, I hope that it's an extension. I think that's the same case for Jerry Snead. I do think you need pillars at the front and the back. I know Nick Bolton's Nick, uh, he's, contract's going to come up soon too. Uh, yeah, he's he's still in there in 2024, uh, but not there in 2025, I believe. So the the question that I have when you start looking at Chris Jones, and I really hate having this conversation because I love Chris Jones, but Kansas City is going to be getting to a point very soon where they're going to have to start making even more difficult decisions than they've already made. Yes, the cap is going to go up, and yes, it'll continue to go up, but is it going to go up enough to be able to continue to keep some of these guys to, around together or are you going to have to go more like what you've seen in new england when tom brady was there and they're winning all those championships they were allowing some of their best players to go in free agency because they couldn't afford to pay everybody yeah and And it was tom brady and it was tom brady that kept that team going the way that it did and that's much like what is happening in kansas city with patrick mahomes well yeah and now no, no, you're absolutely right. I was just saying, like, it kept it going, and, and then it starts to fall apart after the fact, right? Because when we look at where it's at now, didn't uh, didn't Devin White just ask for a trade off that roster? Yeah. So it's well, again, that's Tampa, it, so that's a little different, but yeah. But it, it shows right. the balancing act, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, everything comes back into, yes, you have to have pillars of talent on the defensive side. They have to counteract what Patrick does as well, and Kels, obviously – but as they move forward, you have to continue just kind of inch up the walls of the canyon here on both sides without putting on such a load that you can't keep getting things done. Um, they don't want ever want to go back to 177, but I, I think that was a close enough brush with the cap number that even though we expect it to go up in the next couple of years pretty dramatically, you can't count on that because you just don't know, right? There's projections, but there's no hard number. Right, and that's the big question mark, and and I think that's really what's going to play into if they get a deal done with Chris Jones is what do they expect? You know, Brant Tillis has a pretty good idea of what he thinks the cap is going to go up to. I think Kansas City, their cap gurus have a good idea of what they think the cap's going to be in the next couple of years, 
And while you can't guarantee that that's going to be the case, you can at least figure that that's going to be around the right number. Now, the other side of that, though, that we haven't discussed is Kansas City has said multiple times, and I don't think many people have been listening to this. Brett Veach has come out and said that he he plans on continuing to make Patrick one of the top paid QBs in the NFL, which generally is probably going to mean he's going to get a pay raise in the next several years because he's going to fall down to the list where he's not even in the top 10 soon. Yeah, I mean, 27 at the latest, right? But I think it could be before that. Yeah, so that's going to be something else that's going to play into it. But again, if he's willing to do a contract extension and add more years, they can continue doing what they've been doing and using these roster bonuses, which has actually been brilliant to give them the flexibility to do what they need to do cap-wise. Yeah, and it all comes back to the flexibility in that <clears throat> you can have your roadmap, and I do believe they do, but every road has has places where it crumbles, and you have to take a detour from time to time. And so even though you may have it planned out, injury in particular can throw off a franchise's plan. Uh, honestly, uh, market. I think the wide receiver market last year blew some people's plans up. I don't think the Chiefs were in that position because they were part of moving off of uh, a high dollar payday wide receiver, right? But for a lot of teams around the league, I think that hosed some plans. So you have to continue to be adaptable. And that one contract is what lets that happen. Yeah. Well, and you start looking at what Kansas City has been doing. And one of the focal points that I think you'll continue to see Kansas City doing over the next several years is investing in their offensive line. And what I mean by that is they go out and they get, uh, we didn't even have any thought that they were going to get Joe Tooney before they signed Joe Tooney. There was no talk. There was no thought process that they were going to go out and sign the most expensive guard in free agency that year. I still love the pick. I'm not saying anything wrong against it. But then you turn it around and you go back and you get Creed Humphrey. You go get Trey Smith. You bring in Orlando Brown. And Andrew Wiley is kind of a holdover. But that offensive line took a huge leap forward. And I think what you're seeing now is Kansas City realizes if they can keep Mahomes up, maybe they don't need to have a Tyree Kill type wide receiver but you're still going to have to have guys that can get separation. And that isn't what you have on the roster right now, at least that we've seen. So you're going to have to invest at some point. Yeah. Hey, investment is, is part of the plan. And I, I don't think you can ever see that same scenario working out. And I, I do think this is an interesting class within this draft that they might uh, find something that they feel can rotate and maybe yet again, evolve what's on the field in while maintaining what's off the field in the procedural plan to keep adding the pillars that they have to have in offensive weaponry and protection from a homes and just a, a middling defense that can get after the quarterback when they're healthy. Yep. And the problem with that is, is I know a lot of people are going to wish that they could get a better than a middling defense. The reality is, is that generally takes superstars on that side of the ball. And while I think you have one in Chris Jones, I don't know that the Kansas City is going to be able to invest the money to get those superstars on that side of the ball. So you have Patrick Mahomes. I uh, Unfortunately, I do think it's going to be a situation where you're going to continue to see Kansas City play in one, a lot of one-score games. Uh, I'm not saying their defense can't get better. It can. But I don't think you're going to see a defense that's going to be top 10. Yeah. Unless you, hit, unless you hit in the draft. Right. And that's regularly. the nice thing is if you can do what you've done on the offensive side in the draft, I think you have a chance there. And dominance is is a high goal that you really have to, to hit on all cylinders. But – you put it all together and you have the right coaching, I think that's a possibility. Let us know what you think. Leave your comments on YouTube. Hit us over at the Spotify and the Apple reviews. We'd like to see what you think there as well. Is this general plan 
on track? Is there anything throwing it off? Or is this business exactly as Andy Reid and Brett Veach have kind of planned it out to this point? I think that that's probably the case. I thank you for your time, Chris. This was a great way to, get, to take a different look at this team. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think there's still a lot that we could talk about looking going into this draft. Obviously, you're looking to fill holes that you have right now, but there are so many holes down deep that the team has to be thinking about of, of how does this player fit in the short-term and long-term plans, Yeah, especially I, in the I top three to. rounds. Yeah, and I think it'll, it'll be replanning reset on depending on what happens in the first 31 picks this year. So be with us. We are steaming towards the draft. Go get the guide. It's at rogueapc.com and use that code MATRIXLOC to get yourself a discount. It's got a ton in it. Redid the rankings. We have 145 plus film reviews on top of all the analytics for athleticism, for production, and tying it all together. The algorithm is kicking this year, and I think you guys are going to really dig it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. And we are here five days a week. I hope that you hear us tomorrow because we're going to be here regardless. You guys have a good one, and we'll talk to you then.